So what if I told you that I bullied this girl? I'm, I thought it was innocent. Me and my friends, we would make jokes and, you know, laugh, laugh at her, laugh about her. But it was all an innocent fun. It was our senior year and we thought we would just continue to move on about high school, move on about our future. But then things got even worse. And next thing I knew, my entire high school was up in flames. What would you say? Well, that's not my story, but that is the story of the movie we're talking about this week. The Umbra Cinephone. Quiet on the set! Down production, take one. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Unbound Cinefem. My name's Avery, your host, and this week I'm coming at you with another requested movie. This movie was requested by a listener named Nicole. Um, it actually is her birthday this week, so happy birthday. And uh, she wanted me to review her favorite movie, one of her favorite movies. And so that would be Carrie, the 1976. Carrie and uh, so of course I took the opportunity because this is a classic it's a classic horror movie you ask anyone and they've seen it if they haven't seen it well then don't take cinema advice from them I I can't remember the first time that I saw this movie I definitely think that I watched it with my Nana um in case you have not figured it out by now my nana was kind of like my inspiration for watching horror movies um that's our that's like our go-to thing when we're together because nobody else will watch horror movies with her and while i have other people to watch horror movies with she's just always been my favorite person to watch them with so um i believe she was the first person to show me the 1976 carry because i think this was around the time that the um like early 2010s carry came out with uh chloe grace moretz so i watched it and of course at the time i was just like mm, yeah okay like the the modern one was more scary right but as i grew older i realized that a good horror movie does not necessarily mean that it has to be scary right and so watching it again i've watched it you know since then but the most recent time that i've watched it for this episode i really realized just knowing everything that i know about cinema and the history of it it was really advanced for its time you know they they brian de palma really knew what he was doing um and so you know going into going into watching this movie for what like the 10th time since the first time I watched it um I I already knew the themes I already knew what the story was about um but something about this watch I I really saw it for what it was so that being said we'll just get right into it Carrie was released November 16th of 1976 it was directed by Brian De Palma and it stars Sissy Spacek as Carrie, Amy Irving as Sue Snell, William Catt as Tommy Ross, Piper Laurie as Mrs. White, Nancy Allen as Chris Harkinson, and the one and only John Travolta as Billy Noland. Now with a D, no Lynn. Anyways, so this movie actually received a lot of, um, what did you say, critic, critic, critical, critical, uh, 
acclamations there we go i think i think this anyways it was very it was critically acclaimed right um it received a lot of awards both for the cast but for the cinematography and the um the direction as well even to this day people will call it a horror movie landmark because so many references so many of the horror movie cinema tactics that are used today um are you know brought to life from the original carry and so many pop culture references as well and so it's it's overall a classic but anyone who will watch it today might not think it's scary they might overlook it a lot of people who like to watch horror movies today don't enjoy the classics because oh they're not scary and so that's why I like horror movies as much as I do because I feel like you really have to watch a lot of them to understand what makes a good horror movie is not the scare factor but there's so so many effects that go into making a good horror movie and so in the 1970s this movie was made to like there this movie depicts a supernatural element within this teenage girl um but also kind of just all around as well (laughs) it was a thing of its time so yeah um let's get into the synopsis though carrie tells the story of a teenage girl named carrie white and she is not very well liked in her school when the movie starts off we see her in gym class and people are making like small snide remarks but it's really when she messes up in the game of i think they're playing volleyball um, or maybe dodgeball that we see how much people really mm, do not like her underestimate her um belittle her and once they get into the showers and they're you know taking showers whatever she's she's the only one everyone everyone has finished their showers they're getting dressed ready for class she's the only one in the showers um when we finally see her so she's bathing herself you know running the soap bar up and down her body whatever and then we see blood dripping down her leg and she sees it and she you know looks at it on her hands And to us, because we don't know a lot about Carrie, we're like, "Mm, I, is, is she like genuinely hurt? Like what's going on? Because I feel like maybe, and this is a little bit, I think when I originally watched this was kind of my thought process as well, because she's in high school. Typically the age that a woman will get her period is like... But between middle school, right? And so for her to just now be getting her period, it's kind of like there's no way that she's reacting like this over her period, right? She must have already gotten it before. So, you know, why is she acting like that? Is she like, maybe there's something medically wrong, right? And especially after she sees the blood, she kind of processes what it is that's on her hand then she really thinks that she's injured and she's running around you know like touching everybody with her bloody hands and they all know what it is so they're like girl what are you doing like stop touching us go wash your hands go take care of yourself 
And so they start throwing tampons and pads at her as she's laying naked on the bathroom floor. And they're like, plug it up, plug it up. And she's just crying. And so the gym teacher hears it and she comes out and listen, if there is anybody that I feel safe around, it is this gym teacher because she, she fights tooth and nail for my girl, Carrie. And that's exactly what she does when she comes to break up, you know, whatever monstrosity is going on in the locker room. And she grabs Sue and Sue Snell and she's like, what are you doing? And Sue's like, oh, Carrie got her period. And the gym teacher's like, so what are you doing? Like, and she kind of, she literally shakes sense into Sue, which is like, you kind of see it because what we've seen of of Sue up until this point is kind of she's just one of the other mean girls right and then once the gym teacher you know literally physically shakes her Sue has this moment of realization like oh wait no you're right I get it so um but then Carrie's still on the floor freaking out crying and the gym teacher's like Carrie snap out of it snap out of it and then she slaps Carrie on the face now listen, this gym teacher is very rough with these high school students, but particularly particularly these high school girls. She is slapping them around, pushing them around, yelling in their face. And I know that school administration and school discipline looked a little bit different um, before the 2000s. They literally had paddles that they would spank students with if they needed discipline. I, I don't know if it was them. I know um, of someone, I won't say who, but I know of someone who they actually got their parent called up to the office and um, their parent had to use the paddle on them because the, the principal couldn't. Weird times. But, so maybe that's why we have this like weird cultural moment that it's like, I don't get it. why are you so rough but maybe that was just maybe that that was acceptable at the time okay so from there the movie just kind of spirals into this story about Carrie who is developing these supernatural abilities telekinesis and it's never happened before but I think because she's turning 16 she is quote-unquote turning into a woman and now these telekinesis superpowers are developing within her too and she at first, she doesn't know how to control them, but as time goes along and she actually looks into what it is, um, she learns how to use it to her advantage. And so while she's having this self-discovery within herself, then you see this discovery with the self-discovery of Sue realizing, okay, no, like, I've actually been really mean to Carrie, and I need to make it up to her. Whereas Chris Harkinson is like, no, Carrie, Carrie is not going to be the victim in this situation. Like, Carrie's weird, and we need to, we need to let her know about it. And eventually, Chris actually gets her invitation to prom rescinded, like, because she refuses to make up for the bathroom situation, where she was literally throwing tampons at Carrie and bullying her. And she got the opportunity to, you know, earn her redemption. And Chris is like, no, this is ridiculous. And um, so she leaves and she's the gym teacher's like, okay, you're not going to prom then. So she decides to take it out on Carrie. 
And so you have these three storylines simultaneously going on. Um, and Carrie, as she's learning about her powers of telekinesis, um, you know, dealing with this new revelation of womanhood, she also is learning how to stand up to her mother because her mother is heavily religious. And that's one very important detail to the story. I don't think the story would be the way that it is um, if it weren't for the religious aspect. And so she's been raised to be heavily religious. I I don't know if, if it's Christianity or what it is specifically, but they do praise God. They praise Jesus. Um, so, you know, every time that Carrie needs to be punished, her mother sends her to the closet, locks her in there, and literally keeps her in there until her mother feels like she's paid she's paid her debt or whatever. And all three of these storylines end up wrapping together on prom night. This is the I would say the falling action, not necessarily the climax, but the falling action. Um and so Sue tells her boyfriend Tommy to ask Carrie to the prom and at first Tommy's like "Mm, I don't think that's a good idea why would I do that and Sue's like oh like I just I really want to make this better first of all that's not the way to do it sweetheart I'm sorry but like getting your boyfriend Carrie's crush to ask her to the prom like as a as a pity thing it just maybe maybe Carrie was too blinded by it but I'm not I see what's going on and I'm not about to be made into a fool so that you can feel better about yourself but anyways, Tommy ends up going through with it. He asks Carrie to the prom, and they end up going. Meanwhile, Chris Harkinson is planning her revenge with pig's blood. Um, and Billy Nolan is helping her. And so on prom night, first of all, Carrie steps out. She looks amazing. Wow. Um, she really shows everybody up. And Tommy's treating her like a queen, as he should, but it still just doesn't sit right with me. And um, they eventually win prom king and queen. Um, And I'm not even, like, I mean, spoilers, but I feel like everyone knows the story of Carrie. Even if you haven't seen it, you know how it ends. But just in case, here's a spoiler. So anyways, they win prom, prom king and queen, and they go up on the stage, and Sue's coming into the gym when she's not really supposed to be there, because for whatever reason, you can't attend prom if you don't have a date. I don't know what kind of patriarchal, misogynist crap that is, but I'm so glad we moved past, I mean, we're still kind of in those times, but I'm, I'm glad that we've moved past that specific rule. Sue sneaks in because she doesn't have a date because her date is with Carrie. And then we also see, um, we see Chris and Billy underneath the stage and they're holding onto a rope, right? And Sue's watching everything unfold in terms of Carrie and Tommy winning prom king and queen and she's so happy and she's standing behind the stage so that nobody sees her but that she can see everything going on. But in the process, she sees this rope that Chris and Billy have underneath the stage. And so she follows it and she she sees that um, it's the two of them underneath the stage. But it's the way, oh my gosh, the way they built the tension up in this scene is ridiculous. Like, I, I already knew what was going to happen, but it's just the way that they orchestrated it and edited it that it was 
phenomenal because I was still like it still had me in a chokehold I was on the edge of my seat like (laughs) and so you know you see you it would cut from Sue looking at watching everything going on to um Tommy and Carrie walking up to the stage and then it would cut to Chris and Billy underneath the stage and it would just go back and forth back and forth back and forth and then whenever Sue looks underneath the stage then the teacher sees her and so now you have a fourth type of view point of this scene going on and as soon as Sue gets thrown out by the gym teacher that's when the pig's blood falls on Carrie and that's when all hell breaks loose like literally literal hell um nobody's safe in that gym not a single person not even that gym teacher and so before Carrie left for prom her mother was like they're all gonna laugh at you they're you know you're always gonna be the freak to them they're putting all this stuff in her head and so then when the pig's blood falls on her of course she doesn't know who's responsible for it but I think in her mind it's like her winning prom queen her feeling the way that she felt all night was just one big setup and and so during this scene the mom is like the mom's words of they're all gonna laugh at you is just going around and around on a loop while everybody you know carrie sees everybody laughing and i was kind of confused because i was like are they actually laughing because when the pig's blood fell on her And, like, long after it fell on her and you still see the audience's reaction, I mean, they didn't seem to find it funny. There was one girl, her name was Norma, and she was laughing because she helped orchestrate it. She was laughing, but the people around her that she was trying to get to cut up with her weren't. They were like, girl, what is wrong with you? Like, that's actually messed up. So I don't really know if it's just a skewed perspective from Carrie because she is um, self-conscious and traumatized. But regardless, it doesn't matter because she shuts all the doors, locks all the windows, doesn't let anybody out. She electrocutes everyone, kills the gym teacher. The bucket actually falls on Tommy and like knocks him out. And so while everybody's trying to get Tommy out, they're actually killed. So, like, technically Tommy's killed. And then it all sets on fire. She just sets it all... Yeah, she sets it all on fire. And she walks out of the gym. She's walking down the street. She runs into Billy and Chris. And they actually try to run her over. But she senses it. She's really quick. She's like, never let them catch your next move. So she turns around. And as soon as her eyes hit that car... The two, the two people in the car swerve, crash, and the car just goes up in flames. And they're done. They're out. So when she gets back home, she's covered in that... She's just covered in that blood. And so she goes to take a shower, or she takes a bath, I mean, and she washes herself clean. And, um, you know, she's trying to look for her mom, which her mom eventually shows up. But her mom stabbed her in the back. Like, she literally stabbed her in the back. And Carrie falls down the steps. And Carrie's mom is like, I should have aborted you. Whoa. First of all, if my mom, like, if I ever heard that from my mom, especially after everything I just went through, like, not even two hours ago, I, I, I would be speechless. (laughs) Like, I would be like, finish the job then, because I, all right. So 
Carrie's trying to back away from her mom as she's holding this knife and talking about how she should have gotten rid of her when she had the chance. And um, as a way of protecting herself, Carrie plays some little mind tricks and some knives come like shooting out the drawers, pinning her mother to the wall. And it, I mean, she ends up dying, but the way that she is standing and like kind of pinned to the wall by these knives it's like she's been crucified and um but then the house starts crumbling in on itself and so carrie immediately like kind of breaks out of whatever psychological trance that she's been in since that blood spilled on her and she rips her mom from the wall (laughs) She takes her inside of the the prayer chamber that she would always get locked into. And uh, she eventually dies in there. And But that's not even the last scene. The last scene is of Sue's mom. And she's on the phone and, you know, she's... She's talking about how how difficult it's been trying to recover. And Sue's asleep in bed and she's actually dreaming. And she's dreaming that she goes up to Carrie's old house, which is now for sale, but it's just a pile of rubble. And she goes to lay down flowers, but as she lays them down, a bloody hand reaches out to her and grabs her. She starts screaming and she starts having just like a mental breakdown. Um, And that's really the end of the movie. I feel like that was the shortest synopsis I've ever given. And I'm really trying to make it shorter because I will, I literally spend like 45 minutes trying to explain a movie. And that's just so unacceptable <laughs> because I want to at least have room to, to talk about it after. And like, you all should be able to watch it without me literally explaining the movie to you. So anyways, character development. But, um... Yeah, there were a lot of themes in this movie. There are a lot of themes in this movie that I've known about, um, that I associate with this movie. But even then, there were some things on, you know, this watch that I had most recently that I picked up on that I never even saw. And so the the one more specifically that I saw was about sisterhood. And so the entire movie is centered around women pretty much um you know you have carrie you have her mom you have chris harkinson sue sue snell and the gym teacher and you know the very first scene is an all-girls gym class and then when they're in the locker room you know they're all showering together laughing kicking whatever and Carrie's in the shower alone but when she gets her period um you know they all expect her to kind of know about it but even then like they're not very consoling about it they're just very much like ew get away from me like plug it up plug it up as if first of all as if a period is something to be shameful about because it's not but they shame Carrie about it and so you know, throughout the movie, you realize that the reason why they don't like Carrie isn't because she's done something to them or really given them a reason to not like her. It's simply just because she's different from everyone. And, you know, a lot in our society, when when a woman is 
presents herself differently from what people consider a woman should be or the you know the certain aesthetic or the certain um lifestyle or whatever the case might be then she's kind of shunned for it and so individuality when it comes to being a woman is something that a lot of people fear so even when they were all in gym class after it had happened and the gym teacher was like pretty much trying to get them to um pay for what they had done to carry chris you know stood up she was like i'm not doing this This is ridiculous we you know we shouldn't have to do this whatever whatever and she goes to walk away and she's like she can't get away with this if we stick together and it's like so now like you all stick together unless someone else is on a different page than you like you you believe in sisterhood but only when it matches your agenda right and so that's something that i i feel like it's a very subtle detail in the movie um but it it adds to even just the womanhood aspect of of another theme you know there's this fear of womanhood and that's why with you know with the start of the movie being about Carrie's period, but the rest of the movie being about her developing these telekinesis powers. And, you know, so you see, like, the principal, he's uncomfortable with the entire subject. Like, he obviously, he has to approach this subject and console Carrie as a student, but him being a man, he's very uncomfortable. He sees, you know, Carrie's blood on the gym teacher's shorts, like, when gym, when the gym teacher's in his room and he just kind of looks at it and he like shows this like stanky face <laughs> and so it's like sorry first of all it's just blood um and even when he's talking to Carrie he doesn't he keeps calling her like Cassie and who where did you get that from where did you hear Cassie from um, but, you know, even in, in the sense of womanhood itself, the, op- the opening title sequence, it has harps running over the, the scene of girls in the locker room. And it's just like this simple, dreamy image of teenage girls. And they're all like summer, summer fully clothed, summer naked. But the like the lens or the way that they edited it, maybe um, was glossy. So it it kind of showed as a dream sequence in a in a way. Um, But it it's a complete contrast to the to the way that the music completely stops once Carrie finds herself bleeding. And it's just complete silence. And a lot of scenes happen like that as well. Um, They they play with the sound and they play a lot with the sound actually they play with it especially in the prom scene once carrie um well even when carrie's going up to the stage to accept her her prom queen crown it's just all music but once the bucket falls it's completely silent um and even like the like the audience they're isolated from the sound it's just the bucket and the blood dripping so when you start to see someone laugh you don't even see you don't even hear it it's just the bucket and the water drip or and the bucket dripping and I think it kind of puts us into the perspective of Carrie because she is probably 
she's just overwhelmed. <laughs> she's overwhelmed by the moment at hand and she's not really paying attention to whatever else is going around her. She's just trying to like come to terms with, okay, now I have blood on me. I don't know from where, but it's blood. So, you know, this movie is set as a coming of age story and it's the same as Super Dark Times, which I covered last week, where, you know, you think it's it's going to be about this teenage girl who becomes a woman and whatever, whatever. But the opening scene really shows you that this isn't going to be a typical coming of age story. And it really leaves you wondering, like, why did she act like that? And I think that's part of the unsettling emotion that you get from the movie. Because, you know, in the 1970s, if you're watching it, you might be shivering your timbers, right? But watching it today as an adult, you might not get scared from it. But you definitely might be uncomfortable. You might be unsettled uh, with a combination of the way that it's edited and the sounding especially. Um, when Carrie performs her, like, telekinesis powers, it's just this very sharp sound. Like, I, I think it might be, like, a violin or something, um, but it's a very sharp violin sound, and that in itself is kind of unsettling because why are you so loud? As she's walking home after the incident happened, um, in school... She, this kid is riding up to her on his bike and he ends up calling her Creepy Carrie, which this kid on his bike is the director's son. Mm, mm, interesting. But um, he rides up to her and he's like, Creepy Carrie, Creepy Carrie. And she does something with her eyes and he falls off his bike and good for her. But the reason why they think she's so creepy and that, you know, she's um weird and a freak is mainly just because her and her mother are religious recluses like her mother goes around she's uh, she's kind of like a jehovah's witness just in the sense that like she goes around and tries to like get donations and sell people on the idea of the religion that that she believes in um and but her mom is also just very antisocial if she's not spreading the word of God. Um, and But the character of the mother, they did make her out to be really creepy. Like, she literally wears a dark cape around, a black cape. Um, and, ev- like, most of the time, until Carrie um, really starts to take control of her telekinesis, a lot of the shots that her and her mother have it's like it's angled to where carrie is looking up at her mother or her mother is looking down at carrie so it shows this power imbalance um and so when the school calls carrie's mom after the period incident happened carrie's very apprehensive to approach her mother and once even carrie's mom walks in the door like like they're really building the tension of them addressing the issue at hand and so once they do Carrie's like why didn't you tell me and her mom just right off the bat shuns her for being a woman like she opens this this like religious textbook she starts reading her the sins of a woman 
and she repeatedly hits her with the book if Carrie doesn't recite what she's asking her to recite. But her mother repeatedly, you know, is her mother repeatedly says, and Eve was weak, and Eve was weak, and Eve was weak. And Carrie's just crying, and Carrie's just like, I just, I wish you had just told me. I looked crazy in front of everybody. And her mother's just refusing to acknowledge Carrie's feelings. Um, and so, honestly, if... I I think that while yes there's the religious trauma aspect of it um there's also parental trauma as well. I think that there because there are so many religious symbols um in the movie and there's you know this this religious subtext I think that it's so easy to pass up the parallels between that and just the fact that it's a mother and daughter and the daughter has or not the daughter the mother has instilled all of this negativity into Carrie like when Carrie's preparing for the prom she looks so happy because she's finally getting being able to live out a teenage life like she's finally able to act like a teenage girl which she is but her mother has kept her from that because of the religious beliefs and what her mother thinks a woman should be and you know she even her mother goes into it a little bit in terms of you know this is what happened to me when I was your age and I don't want that to happen to you and I think that's very relatable with all mother-daughter relationships I mean parents in general but mother and daughter relationships um, I think they are a very wavering type of connection. Um, and so a lot of daughters find themselves living in this bubble of what their mothers are afraid of them to turn out to be like. Does that make sense? Oh my god, that was so hard to phrase. Um, but yeah. So, so you have that, um, and you know, so then when, when the mom's words are repeated at prom, it really just shows kind of like the indoctrination of this religion, this religion, but also just her mother's criticisms on to Carrie. Before the prom, Carrie and her mother are sitting at dinner, and so, you know, like I said, up until this point, all the shots with Carrie and her mom have been like at an angle to show that that power imbalance but the shot at the dinner table when they're talking about prom and Carrie going to prom with Tommy they're sitting across from each other and there's this last supper tapestry behind them and one corner of it is tacked off so it's like you know it's drooping right it's not 100% on the wall and at some point Carrie actually stands up and objects to her mother and this scene is so important for their relationship but also for Carrie's character development because you're really seeing her grow into a quote-unquote woman you know she's she's taking that power she is standing up for herself she's growing that confidence and so the the last supper tapestry on the back is interesting um it's a 
cute little Easter egg, I guess you could say, because the Last Supper, you know, biblically was right before Jesus's crucifixion, right? And how did her mother die? She was, in a way, crucified. And so I loved that connection. I mean, I don't love the the violence in it, you could say, but I love that connection and being able to see that and saying, oh, wow, like, this is what it is. This is why that's there, because there's a purpose for everything in movies. Even if you don't want to think about it like that, there's a purpose for everything. You just have to dig for it sometimes. <laughs> but some things that I liked about this movie, it's a very obscure detail, you could say, um, but I loved Norma's hat. Like, that girl never took that hat off, not once. And even when she was getting her hair done and she was sitting under the dryer, her hat was on top of the dryer. It was almost kind of like like a staple item for her. Like, when you saw the hat, you knew it was Norma. Um, another thing, and I already said it before, but I really liked how, how much fun you could see that Carrie was having, trying on all the makeup, um, shopping for her for her prom dress and her makeup and everything like that. She was she was smiling and she just looked like she was having so much fun, even though she was with herself. Like she really enjoyed that time and being able to explore. And I did really like the change in power dynamics between mother and daughter. Um, I liked how it was represented through the, the Last Supper, both in the movie and through the tapestry. And, you know, as she was getting ready for the prom, like she was really standing up to her mother, like, wow, proud of you, Carrie. And you didn't even have to go to therapy for it? Okay, good for you. Um, and the last thing that I really did like was at the very end when Sue goes up to the for sale sign, on it somebody has written, like, um, Carrie White burns in hell, but the for sale sign is structured like a cross, and so I just thought, hey, what, one more for the audience. One more religious symbol for the audience before this movie ends. Um, getting on to the things that I didn't like, though. Now, I know it's a classic, okay? And a lot of people seem to, or a lot of cinephiles seem to um, be wary of rating and critiquing classic movies, right? But I'm not one of them because what do I always say? Let's say it together. If there's one thing that I am, it is a hater. And so, I really didn't like Sue asking Tommy to take Carrie to the prom. I get that it was plot development. I do. But, I just, like, morally um, and sanity-wise doesn't make sense. Um, I feel like... I know, like, I know the intentions were good behind it, but the act in doing it, I still feel like wasn't 100%, like, okay. I also didn't like the coach's attachment to Carrie. I think that there was a part of the coach that kind of made her feel like she needed to assume this role of a mother, maybe. And Carrie looked to her as a mother, as, like, the mother figure that she never really had. Um, or that she wanted, per se. But just the way that she was fighting hand and foot for Carrie, um, it didn't really add up. 
especially when you think about the timing that the movie picked up at like it picks up at the you know maybe end of their senior year of high school so has this whole thing been going on the entire time carrie's been in high school if so why hasn't anyone done anything about it now how is it just now getting bad for you all to really stand up and say something and the last thing that i didn't like was carrie's death i felt like why can't my girl boss live live the rest of her life why does she have to die and i don't remember if in the modern carrie if she actually dies or not i had this memory of her just walking away but maybe that's just my mind playing tricks on me but i feel like carrie dying <sighs> this is one this is one of the few times that i will advocate for leaving the movie the way that the audience wants because carrie deserved to live a long life she did i don't care if she burned that whole school to the ground because you know what that school never treated her right a single day in her life so then she's just gonna die saving her mother no it doesn't sit right with me and i think she needs a reprisal she does but I loved the early cinematography development. I love, like, it's so fun watching old movies, knowing the things that you do about the film industry and its historical development, and being able to pinpoint, like, oh, like, you know, this was, this might have been the first time that they ever experimented with this sort of technique, but now it's used in all these different movies. Or, like certain things like that and just how how much cinema has developed over the years and evolved like there's one scene where billy and chris and a bunch of other people are going to like slaughter some pigs for the blood and the rain is ridiculous <laughs> like it's it's not even realistic looking they just threw on some wind on set and said okay act like you're getting rained on and then all of a sudden, John Travolta's hair is drenched. Like, oh, it was so comical, but it's so commendable, too. So, yeah. That's me nerding out on cinema history. I think on Letterboxd, I, rate this, I rated this movie a 4 out of 5. Um, first two stars automatic because it's a classic. And then the rest just because there's a lot of things to like about this movie. Um, I think if you're not into classical movies or not classical, but classic movies, um, well, you're, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna offend anybody tonight, but, um, classical movies, why do I keep saying classical? Classic movies are something that I think everyone shouldn't look at for being old and outdated, but a symbol of an era a symbol of a pop culture moment because that's what they are and you know i've, I've already said it and I, I won't say it anymore but if you haven't watched this carrie the original one i think you should because it's worth it um you know you're allowed to laugh at it if you think something's funny if you think something's corny you're allowed to laugh at it um you don't have to be scared to enjoy it you don't have to be scared to think it's it's a good horror movie but just look at look at how that was once one of the best horror movies of its time compared to now 
and you can appreciate it so much more then once again thank you to nicole for recommending this movie um this week and i hope you had a happy birthday and you can always find me on letterboxd instagram and twitter thank you for tuning into this episode and i hope to catch you next time